The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. <laughs> Hello. You're such a jerk. Good afternoon, everybody. You're such a disease. What? I'm not disease. That's a little strong. That's strong. You know what? Eric France and AJ Salveson. When are you going to grow up? <laughs> you know, the clock's ticking. I'm in here alone. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to turn the lights off. Okay, that's creepy. And I'm going to just kind of hide behind the screens here. And I'm just going to watch to see AJ running down the hallway. I was like, all right. He's like, oh, no, he's not there. Well, fetch. Look on your face. You're turning the corner. Oh, crap. Oh, crap. Well, I didn't say those words. <laughs> <laughs> Might have been something else. I might have cursed at you. <laughs> oh, man. Thanks, dude. My heart's beating really fast. That's great. How are you? I'm great. I haven't seen you all day. Ah, uh, I've been around. Uh, have you, though? Sure. <laughs> have just you? been avoiding you. I I just sit at your desk and wait for you all day. <laughs> you're just like, man, where is he? You're not here. I know you're not Mr. here. France because I'm in. here. AJ, what you doing? Uh just uh, you know, uh waiting. Uh don't worry about it. You know what? <laughs> I get paid by the hour. <laughs> hey, um Eat, really Finding the snacks in my drawer. <laughs> the stale snacks from six months ago that I gave you. <laughs> hey, uh, really quickly, can I promote tomorrow's show a little bit more? Uh, we've got a no, couple. No, that's of... totally not allowed. Yeah, we do not promote at all our Just shows. Stay in the here and now. Yes, please, in the present. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Uh, New Year's Eve show. Uh, we are going to talk about the top twenty twenty sports stories locally, nationally, whatever. Uh, we've got a couple of texts in so far. Uh, five seven six three's storylines are pretty darn good. Um. 9310 texted uh, his top three stories. So we'd like to hear your top sports stories of 2020. And uh, uh, you text into 435-339-0321. We'll, we'll get all of them, too. We won't miss one of your texts. We'll get them all. And, and to be clear, that it doesn't need to be 20 stories in for 2020. It'd no, just be the, just, the just, top stories. Oh my gosh. This past year's top stories. Is that, is no, that no, just we got a text. that said, here are my 20 top stories for 2020. So uh, if you want to do that, that's awesome. Uh, but uh, you don't have to think of 20 to participate. 9310's got one, a good one. I, I think there's going to be a common one between every story. I think there's uh, between every text we get, there's going to be one common one. I, I think. Does it do with the ringmaster? No. 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 Though that I'm sure that will be end up being a story because you made it one. You even put it on CashValleyDaily.com. <laughs> Big photo of me and my mask. I should. No, you shouldn't. You should. No, you we're, should. We're working on a year we review. We keep so. those sites professionally ran. <laughs> Let's not screw it up, Eric. <laughs> so, yeah, we'd like to hear your top sports stories of the year. Uh, 435-339-0321 to text it in. Love to hear it. And, again, we won't miss one of them. We'll get to all your texts. We'll read them on air. We'll talk about them. We'll hit every story, too. Um, some more detailed than others. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, and as I, I mean, I'm creating this, um, this kind of end-of-the-year thing, and I realize just how crazy this sports year has been, and that includes not having sports from April to July, and we still had a crazy year. So uh, it'll be fun. Looking forward to that. And we'll be live tomorrow, so we'll, we'll actually be in studio 
from four to six tomorrow uh, for New Year's Eve, and uh, hopefully uh, you can spend your last day this of this merciless, merciless. What is that word? <laughs> I don't know. I want to merciless. Keep, I want to hear you keep trying. To no. Find it. Well, you know why don't you help me every now and then? That's, okay. It's not. That's not as fun. <clears throat> In India, we call it merciless. <laughs> merciless. <laughs> Whatever that word is of a year. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, bad, very. You know what? And this is a good exercise because we, we kind of get caught up in all the negative that that may have taken place over the past year. But there were a lot of really cool things that that happened too, and a lot of really good things that happened before COVID. So uh, I think those are definitely going to be part of the discussion tomorrow. Uh, but you know, we don't want to miss anything either. So if you've got something that you were aware of that uh, you want to make sure that we mention, hit us up. Send us a text, 435-339-0321. It doesn't have to be a full list. It can be, hey, make sure you mention this. Was there any, so we can do that. Was there a lot of positive out of this year? Yeah, absolutely. Think of all the state championships that have come to Cash Valley yep, the last year. There you go. Good one. I like that. That's a good one. Between yeah. Preston and Skyview and Ridgeline and a, a lot of schools – in different sports, did very well this past year. And some of those were before the pandemic, and some of them were during the pandemic. So pretty exciting to see what they're able to do. So, yes, there were there were some great personal and team achievements this past year that definitely need to be uh, talked about. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a reason for that. Oh nine four five. I can't remember. For 2020, I'd love to hear how the Desert News 4A MVP only made the Cash Valley Radio Group's second team. The 2020 MVP. That's for football. Oh, yeah. There's a good reason for that. This happens to still be here in the studio. I might get yelled at by you for that one. But, yeah. Oh, by the way, I was going to tell 0945, and you are going to be so proud of me. 0945. Eric won't care. But 0945, I watched Tiger King, and you were spot on, because on a, on April 9th, he uh, he suggested that I watch Tiger King, and then, thank you, quarantine, I was able to watch Tiger King. Oh my gosh, that show is nuts. That's incredible. So thank you, 0945. You're the best. I appreciate <laughs> it. I was, I've been intellectually educated in many great ways. Intellectually educated. Yeah. Now that's a word. Yes, it is a word. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, hey, Eric, uh, big news coming out of Utah State for football. Uh, they get a transfer quarterback that comes in yesterday, Logan Bonner. Uh, what that? What to make of that? We'll, we'll find out. But then one of the best quarterbacks out of the Sun Belt. Uh, yeah, absolutely. With three other quarterbacks already in row at Utah State, but then all of a sudden turns around Devin Tompkins. Now, Devin was actually going to transfer and go to Florida State. Uh, I had heard it was going to be FAU, and then from what Miley had told me, it was Florida State. <laughs> I don't know where he's going to fit on that depth chart there. But he, uh, he then turns around and he says, you know what? Uh, I've changed my mind. His statement is, quote-unquote, first and foremost, I want to thank the most high for blessing me with another year of life. There's a lot going on in my life at the time that caused me to become very 
overwhelmed with life and it knocked me out of focus. During this recruitment process, as he's talking about the transfer portal that he entered into, I have learned a lot about myself and it has helped me truly understand what it is I want out of life. With that being said, I have decided that I will be returning to Utah State for my last two years of eligibility. I believe in Coach Blake Anderson's vision for the team, and I believe things are going to be back on track. Thank you for, thank you all for the endless love and support. May peace be with you all. Sincerely, Grandmaster TT. End quote. Audrey, that's that's incredible. So I think that's a that's a that's already one of Blake Anderson's top recruiting wins. To get Devin Tompkins to come back and to stick around with Utah State, he's got a great wide receivers coach who has produced the last two offensive players of the year in the Sun Belt. They've been wide receivers at Arkansas State. Do you think, because we, we, we always kind of believed, based on everything that's happened recently, that the players were behind Frank Miley. you think that some players were not behind Frank Miley? I mean, he... He's coaching, and you got players just dropping out like flies. And now well, Blake Anderson's here, and it's like, "Hey, I want to, I want to play for you." So, I, it's a fair question. I don't know that it, there were players that were against Miley necessarily. You're always going to have players who have who gravitate towards one coach over another. Uh, they connect on a personal level. Uh, maybe there's, you know, whatever variety of different reasons. Um, and Sometimes there's players who just don't like somebody who's on a coaching staff. I mean, that's that's nothing new. That will exist in the future. It's not a new thing, nor will it go away. But um, I think that it was the, the players who were transferring. Probably that was more a, a signal of they're upset with Utah State University and their decision to to can Gary Anderson. Really? Then it was. I don't believe in Frank Miley. I'm not mm. sticking around for Frank Miley. I I, I think it was a a variety of things that played a, a role in that. I don't think you can pin it on one thing saying that they they just didn't like Frank Miley. I mean, certainly if you really like Frank Miley, you're probably more inclined to stick around and stay, you know, give him your support. But if you were really loyal to Gary Anderson and dedicated to 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 him and his process and then the way that he got treated, I I don't hold anybody blameless. If if you decide, you know what, I I, I don't agree with that action. Um, I I do find it a little interesting that people that make those uh, decisions mid season, and they don't wait till the season is over. But still, I I can't fault anybody for saying, you know what, this this isn't the guy who recruited me. Um, when a new coach, when a coaching change happens. This isn't the guy who recruited me. I'm not sure where I fit. I don't know what the situation is. I think I'm. I should have the freedom to move because this isn't the guy who brought me here. So I should have the freedom to make a move or, or do something different. I heard a story about Sam Merrill that after Stu Morrill had let or decided to retire, um, and Tim Durie took over, that Sam Merrill was being very much recruited by a lot of other schools to transfer out of Utah State and go play elsewhere. And while Sam was actually thinking heavily about that, he had told somebody that I didn't come here to play for Tim Durier. I came here to play for Stu Morrill. And and so I think that's very much true. That hey, look, I I want to come play for the guy who recruited me. Um and uh 
Yeah, and so I give props to Coach Blake Anderson. I don't know what that conversation was like that made him turn around and say, <coughs> excuse me, turn around and say, you know what? Uh, I want to come back. And again, his I think his kids and his girlfriend are in Florida right now. And so, I mean, there's understanding that he'd probably want to go back over there. Um, but as he says in his statement, like he lost focus, was overwhelmed with everything going on. And um, it felt like he's now regained his focus back, has a chance to reset and restart. And uh, under an offense that likes to go, 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 you need a deep threat. And Devin Tompkins is that guy. So that helps out in a big need. Yeah, I think that's a that's a big win. Um, and I, I'm sure this coaching staff has been, look, our first priority is to try to hold things together with what we have and and see if we can talk to these guys who said they're going to leave and see if we can convince them to stick around and give us a shot, give us a fair shot. Uh, I know things were weird and the really unfortunate things that happened with the administration um, and the way – you know, things were or, or weren't handled to your satisfaction before, but we're new and, and this is who we are and this is what we like to do and this is how you would fit into this. So I understand what happened in the past is out of our control and it was unfortunate, but if, if you can stay, we'd love to have you stay because we really see how you can have an important impact on this team moving forward. We could use your help. So to to have Devin Tompkins kind of throw that thing in reverse and come back, I think that's a huge win for Blake Anderson and his coaching staff. Yeah, absolutely. I I, I couldn't agree more. It's again, geez, that offense um, loves to run at a hair on fire pace. Um, assuming that they do that again, and that's what Coach Anderson said they would do uh, in his press conference. This is going to be a very uh, this is going to be a team that for receivers are going to have a lot of opportunities to be playmakers. And Devin Tompkins was a great playmaker last year with a very below average quarterback in Jason Shelley. Um, and now with somebody who's, whether it's Peasley or whether it's Logan Bonner, um, those guys like to throw the ball deep and they're accurate. Yeah, he has the ability to take the top off of defense. Oh my goodness. And he, ever- he just, before he was able to really get targeted and, and really to showcase that he he shut it down and decided to go somewhere else yeah no good point uh nine three one five makes a good point just think most coaches would have used that scholarship for somebody else or am i wrong so does that tell you how great of a coach he is i think so hmm. um yeah yeah definitely and, and we don't know who that scholarship would have gone to maybe it's a jc guy maybe it's um uh recruitment uh, of a high schooler coming in. But yeah, no, it's it's that's a great point, 9315. And I'm glad we're using the scholarship on a kid that A, is familiar with the place, and B, wants to be here. According to his statement, he wants to be here. Um, I, again, I don't know what changed. I don't know what the conversation was like between Coach Anderson and Tompkins, but obviously it was enough to persuade him to, to come back and, uh, <clears throat> and and finish his career at Utah State. Uh, I, I, I can't say it enough. I'll say it again. He's going to have a lot of opportunities to, and you said it to Eric, to be that guy, the number one option for uh, for this offense. So 
around Quavian Tarver, Jalen Green kind of guy. That's what Devin Tompkins could be. You're going to need some help with some underneath guys, slot route guys. Um, hopefully they can go out and perform as well. Yeah, I, I think it's a big win. Uh, <coughs> I think it gives whomever the quarterback is uh, additional weapons. At least somebody who's reliable, who's been here, who is very skilled, uh, and it's going to help things out. Um, yeah, could they have used that scholarship for something else? Yeah, absolutely. Um, they're going to have extra scholarships to hand out anyway uh, after some of the other players that have transferred. But you know, who knows? Maybe they're able to convince other guys to come back and stick around. But uh, I think that's a big win uh, for Coach Anderson and his uh, and his staff. Nine three one five text in. I hope it's Cooper for a quarterback. Um, I don't know, I man. Don't know. And I just I don't know how much he gets buried. And again, that's the problem when you bring a transfer quarterback in from a place that the previous head, or that the current head coach previously was at. Oh, yeah, it doesn't uh, spell good news for Cooper or Calvin. Or, yeah, I just I think they're going to have to all be evaluated and looked at. And, and I think in the end, probably one of those guys is. Probably going to have to is going to decide. I have to, but uh, probably one of them will decide to go somewhere else. Yeah. Um, and that's too bad if they go, but I can't fault them. If you're no, no, if, if you're going to be buried and not get a chance, might as well go find somewhere where you can play and get an opportunity. But if um, I don't know, and and maybe Cooper gets the, uh, you know, maybe Cooper plays well in spring. I don't know. Maybe at that, I don't know if I would, if I'd even give him an. I mean, just because Peasley's got great experience, Bonner's had experience as well. I don't know, man. But yeah, here's the thing: that the there's two strikes against Cooper. One strike is that Andrew Peasley has starting experience. Yeah. The second strike is that Logan Bonner has starting experience. Yeah. That's tough. That's but, tough. Andrew or uh, uh, Jason Shelley had starting experience, and we saw that that didn't necessarily mean he was the better quarterback. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I don't know if a spring ball does a whole lot for them. I don't know if that would do anything. So I hope so. I like. I just hope they all get a fair shot because I don't think Gary gave the guys the fair shot. I think his guy was Jason Shelley from the get go. So let's let, let, let's hope that there's a fair quarterback competition. When we reset for well, I think for the sake of the team, after everything that's gone on in the last twelve months, yeah, it needs to be a fair. Let's throw them. Let's put them out there. Let's run them through the drills. Let's see what we have, and we'll go with the the guys give us are going to give us the best chance to win. Yep. No favorites. That's just because if this coaching staff wants to uh, to preserve. And and retain and at least earn some respect from the players that are here in the program from before. That's what they have to do. If they want to come in here and say, "Look, this is our way of doing things, and we're going to go with guys that we know and guys that understand our system, and this is what we're going to do," and if you can't accept that or understand that, we're going to help you find a location where you can go somewhere else. I mean, that is a way of doing it, and it's been done before. It's just it's a longer play, uh, and it it may take a little bit longer to uh, develop a team and team chemistry. Yeah, that's going to get this team at the high <clears throat> level of the Mountain West. That's a good point. Nine three one five text in again. I think your team can never have too many quarterbacks. You never know what's going to happen throughout the season. That's, see, that's a good point because 
you think about it, we lost Jason Shelley. He was dismissed from the team. Peasley had COVID. So you're looking at Cooper Lega or Calvin going to Wyoming and on, a, on a short week and playing a really, really good Wyoming defense. Like that just would have been, that would have been brutal for the team and for those guys and for whoever was starting a quarter. It would have oh, been But for those guys, look. it would have been, hey, here's my shot. I'm going <clears> to <throat> take advantage of it. Yeah. It's my opportunity to show what I can do. That's, that's a tough way to do it, though. So maybe, I mean, now you have experience. I know Cooper didn't get any reps last year. Probably should have. But, uh, again, that's why you have spring ball and you give them, a, you give them all a fair shake, all a fair look. Um, and you, you hope you get to have a spring ball. They I, didn't have a spring this I think they will this upcoming spring. This last year and didn't really have much of a fall camp either. No, they did not. It killed them for it too. Boy. No, but I think that if you're able to do a, a, a season – the way they were able to do a season, you can do a spring. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think absolutely. we've learned a lot along the way. They know how to do it. And uh, hey, isn't Weber State football no. playing in this like like February? Is Big Sky still gonna do that? Yeah. They start like February twenty seventh. <laughs> That's nuts. That is nuts. I forgot about that. That'll be kind of interesting to watch see happen. If they can if they can play their season, we can get spring ball going on here. Yeah, Absolutely. I agree. I agree. Um, all right, we're going to take a timeout here on the Full Court Press. Uh, when we come back, an historic moment in the NBA last night. And a Utah State Aggie was part of it. The greatest Utah State Aggie. We'll talk about that that historic moment from an historic I see, player. I don't see J.C. Carroll setting records. <laughs> Coming up next to the Full Court Press. Eric Franson, AJ Salveson, an historic moment in the NBA last night. The Milwaukee Bucks made more three-point shots than anybody has ever done before in the NBA. It was an historic night. 29. 29 made three-pointers. Uh, pretty much everybody who put up a three-point shot made one, except for Giannis Antetokounmpo. He had like two attempts, missed them both. But here is the shot that set the record. Last night for Milwaukee in their big blowout victory over Miami. By the Milwaukee Bucks. While you were away, Sam Merrill, the rookie out of Utah State, knocks down the 28 three pointer of the game. Chris Weber, the Bucks have an NBA record for most threes in a game as they passed the Houston Rockets from two seasons ago. Merrill knew that he was going to break that record. That's why he came in with that fresh cut. By the Milwaukee Bucks. <laughs> so okay, thank you, Chris. Talking about his haircut, uh, but Sam uh, he he received the inbounds pass on that play, and uh, kind of brought the team up, crossed half court, and just walked up. He was about three feet off the line, and just walked up and just boom, stuck it right in there. Uh, had a, a defender on him, but he's put it right through. Uh, he has not missed from three, AJ. He is 100% in his three-point field goal percentage. Okay, so here's the thing. In vast uh, One, difference from him and Kelly uh, Oubre Jr., which we like, talked about yesterday. You're in garbage minutes time, <laughs> and you're a rookie, and they're one three away from setting the record, 
And Sam's like, you know what? Screw the whole seniority thing. I'm just going to take, this one's mine. Transition three, done it. I've done this before. And he, dude, he liked, I mean, he pulls up from like three feet beyond the arc. Like it was nothing. Like he was, as a rookie, has the confidence to be like, yeah, I'm going to take that shot. And I'm the only one taking this shot. And I'm going to, I'm going to keep taking the shot until I make it. I'm going to set the, I, it just, I love the confidence and the swag in him. Uh, he is a blast to watch on the court. He's, I just smile ear to ear when he's on the court. Uh, it is a blast to watch him. Yeah, and they're, he's, they're he's doing great things. Regularly. He's, okay, no, but not regularly. But, well, look. I want to see more minutes out of the guy. Well, <laughs> yeah, but Pat that's a really good starting five that they have. No, Pat Connington's a poor man version of J.C. Carroll. Uh, okay, I don't know. I can't tell you. I've watched a lot of oh, Pat Connington. Oh, yeah. See, but he's Except starting. He can. No, he's not. Pat Connington's not starting? No. He's coming off the bench. He played uh, 12 minutes off the bench. Oh, they're starting to realize how bad he is, actually. Even Genzo, it's the, the starting position over Connaughton. See, he's pretty good. I've been playing with him on 2K. <laughs> I'm on my career mode because oh, I'm, well, I'm me. If he's good there, he and must he be passes good me the ball life. a lot, so he recognizes greatness. <laughs> so that's good. No, but well, look, Merrill's been. He started out with like five minutes, and then it went to six or seven. He's up to nine minutes now. Granted, these are only three games in, four games in, but but we're only four games in, and he's getting minutes. Yeah, he's getting minutes, regular minutes, and it's not just um, you know one shot that he made. He's also sharing the ball. He's got an assist, a couple rebounds. He's active. He's he's doing things off I the just bench love for the, the Bucks. Like he's not timid. Like a lot, a lot of rookies, especially if you're drafted forty and below, you feel like your job is to go in there and not screw it up. Give give somebody else the ball, set a screen for them, and allow them to make the shots. Sam's like, I'm going to go in there. I'm going to go be productive. I'm going to go get mine. And he's not afraid to shoot. It's actually pretty cool. And uh, and he's. And then their quality looks too. Like I've been so impressed with Sam on the early going. Uh, I hope his m- minutes will continue to increase. They should continue to increase. And I mean, you'll see this guy be playing in the playoffs a little bit. I don't know how much, but I, I would imagine he'll get that chance. Uh, here's Mike Budenholzer last night about the booty, uh, about the, the the blowout and setting the record. It obviously felt like we made a lot. Um... You know, so no, I, I had no idea, you know, in the fourth quarter or, or now. Um, so, you know, like I said, there's some nights when, um, when you know, you're, you're just shooting it at a high percentage and, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully we can do that, you know, or something close to that regularly, but I had no idea. So the shot that Sam made, it was actually 28, which set the record, and then they added one more. So they ended with 29 threes made last night on uh, 51 attempts. Ajay, fifty six point nine percent from beyond the arc. I mean, that's inc- that's insane. Okay. Miami, can you play a little defense, please? Well, here's the thing: like the New York Knicks just took them behind a woodshed, right? I mean, the freaking Knicks. Milwaukee played like crap defensively, played like crap offensively. Eric, they shot seven of thirty eight from deep, seven of thirty eight, and Sam Merrill went one of one from deep. But then they turn around and they hit 29. Like, I don't get how this works. Well, like I said, uh, I, looking at the box score, it, there was everybody who played put up a three-point shot. Everybody who played made a three-point shot except for Giannis. 
That's that's crazy. Everybody that you put on the court put up a shot and made at least one three-pointer. Hey, Bridger Vollmer just tweeted in and asked, uh, Audrey, look at the plus-minus for Sam. What was it? Do you have it? Uh, it was plus three. Really? Yeah. All around. That's good stuff. Uh, 9315 texted in. I think this helps USU in so many ways, in basketball and in football. We can use it for recruiting, especially in basketball. You see what Craig Smith is doing, and we'll, we'll see what Namiyash Kedis' is, <coughs> excuse me, Namiyash Kedis' future is in the NBA if he does go to the NBA. Uh, but that will definitely help recruiting in that regard that, um, you know, you can, you can say, hey, look, we've sent two guys to the NBA who are contributing. Hopefully, Kettle will be one of those guys as well. Um, and that, you're right. Your recruiting's a big thing. 5763. Uh, it's awesome to see Sam nail that shot and play a part in a new NBA record. Now, the question is with the Jazz lineup this year, will Utah be able to break Milwaukee's record? Uh, they shot 53s in a game, right? Utah has in a game this year? How many? 50. Did they shoot like 50? How many did they shoot in a game against uh, Portland? It was about 50, yeah. Yeah, they had 50 attempts. And how many did they make? Now I got to look. Yeah, now I got to go back. Uh, they made 19. So they were 10 short. 19 of 50. Boy, that's a lot. Uh, 5763. That's, man, I, and you got to be like on, you got to be clicking on all cylinders to be making 29 threes. That's what's. With, Again, that's what's so incredible is that the Milwaukee Bucks went well, they from shot going over fifty percent. Yeah, exactly. See, and but that's the point is that they go from shooting seven to thirty-eight in Madison Square Garden to turning around and going twenty-nine of fifty from three. How do you like what happens? I mean, I know it's a night-to-night basis, and sometimes the shots not falling, but that drastic of a difference. They were fifty. That's about incredible. 50, they were fifty-six point nine percent from three. Regular field goal percentage, 55.4. They shot better from beyond the arc than they did inside. I mean, just overall. That's incredible. That's just mind-blowing to me. Uh, I, I, I love it. nuts. I'm with 5763. It was so awesome to see Sam take that shot and, and, and play a part in, in getting the new NBA record. And the best part of it, and I don't know if 5763 will agree with me on this or not, but... The best part is it was a transition three. Like, I mean, in a game like that, you're going to run a half-court set offense, and instead Sam's like, I'm taking this thing. I'm going to nail it, too. Like, I, I'm in rhythm. It was a step-in rhythm three. Uh, it had plenty of space, way too much space to be given that guy, and he knocks it down. I just, ah, oh, it was awesome. Uh, Here, here's the, this is from the Milwaukee Bucks, what they shared uh, on their own account uh, earlier today. In 35 attempts, and tonight 27 of 48. All right, Sammy. There I was, it is. I was gonna. I should, I should have. We talked about it. Sam Merrill hits the shot to give the Bucks the all-time NBA record for. That was the Milwaukee Bucks love, broadcast, dude. And have you? I have looked at Milwaukee Bucks comment or Milwaukee Bucks comments like on posts and such, and all of them are begging for Sam Merrill to get more minutes. All of them are begging for it. They're like, please give this guy more minutes. Let him play more. He's more than just a shooter, by the way. He's a really good, he's been a good defender in the league so far. He's played well on the defensive side of the court. Uh, and he's been a facilitator. He's, he's basically kind of a backup point guard. He's getting his teammates involved. He's not just in there for offense. 
Yeah, it's exciting to see what's happening there with uh, Sam Merrill. Um, to all those who said he would never make an NBA roster, he's happy to keep splashing those threes left and right. Yeah, dude, and the people who are saying that he's he's not doing much or he can't keep it going, just delete your accounts, take your phone, throw it into an ocean, and <laughs> think about what you are doing and what you are saying before you touch any social media ever again. <laughs> Please. Because this guy is a good bas- He's a, No, he's a great basketball player. Greatest in Utah State history, according to one expert. Uh, some kind of big news here. Uh, it looks like Preston uh, basketball lost a game this afternoon. Lost to Middleton. Did they have a streak? Well, anytime they lose, it's kind of a kind of a breaking story because they don't lose. How much? If they do lose, it's very rare. Lost <clears throat> sixty-one to fifty-two. Oh boy! Uh, we'll get into Region Eleven and other schools in the area. Uh, basketball here in just a little bit. Um, but uh, yeah, it's kind of a surprising story out of Preston. Nine three one five. You preach, ringmaster. So right. Yeah. You know, I'm tired of being right all the time, Eric. It gets exhausting. <laughs> uh, no. Again, I, I, I just, I, I'm happy for Sam. I think both you and I knew he'd be successful in the NBA if he was given the right team, if he was put in the right situation. This is the right situation for him. Yes. The way they run their offense, their style, um, he, it's a well-run organization. He's in a good spot. Uh, Absolutely. Do you, I would really love to see what he could do with Giannis on the court. If him, Middleton, and Giannis were on the court, do you know how much space Sam would have? Like, do you know how big of a headache that would be? Like, do we go and double Middleton? Do we go and double Giannis? Or do, I mean, do we leave Sam Merrill wide open every single time? Well, I mean, that's a headache. Through four games, he's showing that while I'm on the court, I'm going to put up a three and I'm going to make it. Yeah, and I'm going to be consistently good, but I'm going to make good decisions. <clears throat> I mean, he has a couple of turnovers. By the way, the, the carry call that was called on him, I think on Christmas Day, 95% of the NBA players don't get that called on them. But the rest are like, oh, you're a rookie. Here you go. Welcome <laughs> to the league, kid. Yeah. So unfair. Uh, five seven six three. That was brutal, AJ. But I agree, and Sam will no doubt prove himself. I think he is proving him himself. I I think he'll continue to prove himself, and look forward to it. I hope he gets. I hope his minutes increase, and I hope he plays pr- pivotal minutes in the playoffs. That's what I would like to see. Yeah, uh, and uh, let's. I, I'm being it's gonna picky, be, but it's going to be a, a bit of a challenge for him to get more minutes. On that roster, you think so? Just as experienced and, and as deep as they are, but he keeps playing like that, and they know. Hey, we need a reliable shooter on the court. It's hard and a ball not handler. To, it's hard to ignore it. Give, give the guy some time. Yeah, it's hard to ignore it. I'm excited for Sam. I really am. He's. I need. A, we need to get that guy on our well, show. Well, look. Sometimes early in the season, you're going to put your rookie out there because you've invested a draft pick on him and you want to see what he's going to do. But late in the season, okay. He needs more time. He's not ready. Uh, and so some teams, like, early – your roster early in the season is never what it looks like late in the season for most teams. Uh, but 
Sam, here he is. He's taking advantage of the opportunity, and he's not letting him down. He's proving that, hey, yeah, you call on me, I'm going to be ready. I'm going to help you out. Good for him. You know, what to the, see it. you know what the funniest part about this is? Is now that Sam's playing all these minutes and, and doing what he's doing, people are just tearing Jimmer apart, and it's sad. I feel bad because Jimmer was a great college basketball player, right? I mean, he had a great college career, and then he went to China, and he did great things there against four-foot-nothing players. I mean, just lesser talent. I'll be very honest with you, much lesser talent. But man, people- Okay, so that's this interesting point you bring up. Jimmer Fredette, if he was – he landed in a bad situation on a bad team. Yes. If he would have landed in a different organization, a different team, could his path have been different? No, because he couldn't play defense. Dude, it, it took Greg Popovich four and that, no, six quarters of basketball of less than 10 minutes of playing time to realize that Jimmer Fredette was, did not belong in the NBA. He played Jimmer for like, Honestly, I think it was six and a half, maybe seven minutes in like four and a half, five games. And he realized that Jimmer Fredette was not going to fit. If Jimmer Fredette can't fit in the Spurs system, which is an all-around team system, a team-theme system, then I don't know what to tell you. Like, I don't know where else to put you. So, I mean, and again, he had an incredible college career. Probably the greatest college basketball career in the state of Utah, it just did never transcend it into the NBA game because taking 50 footers from three and making them are good, sure. You got to be able to play defense on the other side and you got to be able to be productive moving without the ball. Something that he was good in in college, but NBA players and, and scouts are just so much more smarter and he could never make the adjustment. Yeah, I agree. I think that's, that's, that's an accurate take. Um, even if he were to come in and uh, his skill set in today's NBA still doesn't really fit because you're right. You you can't uh, be that bad on defense. You can't be that exposed yep. and to, uh, for your team. Yep. Good point. All right. Another time out here in the full court press. Uh, we had interesting college football games, bowl games, like the more blue chip teams. Are in action. We got the bigger named bowl games happening over the next couple of days. Uh, a couple of them in the books, um, and uh, we got more on the way. We'll update you on what's going on there. Uh, also, update you on uh, some of the other games that are going on with high school basketball. A lot of teams in action tonight. Uh, one team was supposed to be in action this afternoon, but that game got canceled. But pretty much everybody else will be in action, as far as I know, unless there's been another cancellation that no one told me about. But uh, we'll update you on what's going on with high school basketball as well. Coming up next here on the Full Court Press. The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools, the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Because I announced it on Twitter. I broke the news on Twitter today. Oh, you did one of your secret things. You spoke it into existence. Except you did it on social media this time. I, you know, you've been really mean today. What? No, that's okay. just like a special you gift. You made our producer come in when he didn't even have to. He's not our producer. Okay. Don't. 
Don't do he it. is one of Don't us. Don't make him our producer, He's, please. He is one of us, Eric. And you made him come in on his day off. All right? Not his day off. Well, it was today. <laughs> and you made him come in. It happened. You purposely made him come in. Oh, no, I did not purposely. I inadvertently. And then. Had him come in I, when he didn't You know, need to come I in. come in and I'm worried, sick that you are not able to make it in on time. So I have to come in and get things going. Oh, but you're here laughing and chuckling away. Now you're giving me crap about speaking things through an existence. I don't even know what that means. That's a special gift. You have like a superpower. God, you're a bully. No, you're like, uh... so I watched the new Wonder Woman. Yeah, I heard that's a crappy movie. That's all right. But like it's, you know, I'm not stealing, you know, giving any secrets away about the premise, but part of it is... Isn't it like the exact same thing as the one before? Oh, no. No, no. Um, But like the, the, the antagonist, the villain, grants wishes, but takes things in return. So you're kind of like, to some degree like that, you're like, you... You speak it and it happens. Wait, grants wishes but takes things in return? Yes. So it's Aladdin, just, but it's Wonder Woman? <laughs> that's, that's a cool movie. <laughs> Everybody really liked that one. No wonder it's getting such bad rating. Did you go to the theater to watch that, by the way? No, somebody gifted us um, the uh, HBO Max thing. So Oh, yeah. They got this deal where certain, when certain movies hit the theaters, they also hit HBO Max at the same time. So. Hey, really random, by the way. Did you see that Pizza Hut 90s style was trending on Twitter? What? Yeah. Do you Pizza remember? Hut 90s style? Yeah. Okay. Do you remember back in the 90s? Means. Like the book it reading, like where if you read a certain amount of pages, whatever, you get a free little uh, slip and uh, you get to go get a like a small pizza. Someone text in and tell me that I'm not crazy. 435-339-0321. But yeah, you used to like if you were like for book reading um, and you would, uh, you'd get like this little slip and you get like a very small thing of pizza and you get rewarded for it. I used to, I used to get one and then like they were talking about like the Pizza Hut buffets back in the day. Oh man, it, it made me miss what Pizza Hut used to be. It used to be one of the greatest, greatest, uh, restaurants in America. Did you go there to, to do the sit down and. Oh yeah, dude. Like when you used to have the buffet back in the, and again, buffet, this is in the nineties. Yeah. But when they used to have the buffet, oh, Eric, that was my go-to for my birthday. I go to, I mean, they had the salad bar, they had the pizza buffet. Someone text in and tell me I'm not going nuts. Someone else had to, has to remember what I'm talking about. And there, that's where I got, uh, like, the, uh, they had the Final Four basketball that you'd get. Um, if you ordered, like, a, I can't remember if you ordered, like, a certain amount of food or whatever. But it was, like, this blue basketball that was a uh, memorable... A souvenir of the of the '98 Final Four when the when the Utes were in it. I think I damaged that thing and I ruined it. I feel bad. Someone text in and tell me I'm not crazy, please. Um, does it have to be related to that, or just generally speaking? I don't know. Just Pizza Hut. Five seven six three. Yes, I remember that. Yes, I looked forward yes. to my personal pizza at Pizza Hut for reading books. Yes. Thank you, five seven six three. God bless you. Yes, Eric. This apparently is a was a promotion that came after I went through school. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> two four one seven. I hate to say it, but he is not nuts. Yes, <laughs> two four one seven coming in clutch. Oh. Yes. See, yeah. 
Oh man, I and I'm right. I'm with, I'm with five seven six three and one hundred and ninety. So why was it trending? I don't know. Pizza Hut was trending, and people were talking about the '90s style, and they had photos of what the restaurant used to really look like, and what the buffet looked like. Eric, it was heaven. I remember going there all the time when I was in college. We would go to one. Uh, it was in town. And what year did you go to college? Uh, ninety. Four to ninety five. Yeah, dude, that's when Pizza Hut was like just for a few incredible. years. Yeah, came back ninety seven through two thousand one. Oh yeah, see, like in the two thousands when it went kind of south. But oh man, the Pizza Hut buffet was. It is what our great local restaurants are today. <laughs> All right, we got to call another time out here on the Full Court Press while we think about pizza and buffets, <laughs> things we can't. Enjoy quite the same Get our hands like on we're right used now. To. Uh, but when we come back, Utah State uh, making some news Ooh, today for their basketball schedule. Stuff, yes. Uh, how you can follow along. That's coming up next in the Full Court Press. When the open- Talking the sports you care about. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Utah State basketball making some news today, announcing some additional game times and game coverages that will be taking place for the men's basketball team. As you like to say, I spoke it into existence earlier today. Uh, Mountain West will have two of Utah State's games air on stadium. January 2nd at Air Force, that's a 4 p.m. Mountain Time start. And February 4th at Fresno State, that's a 6 p.m. Mountain Time start. But the big one, the big daddy of them all. Oh, and then, by the way, uh, Wyoming, uh, home against the Aggies uh, on a Thursday night, will also be airing on stadium. That's a 6 o'clock start, I believe, as well. Uh, But the big uh, uh, daddy of them all, the granddaddy, San Diego State Aztecs versus the Aggies. I'll be on the Mothership channel of CBS. That game is scheduled for 11 a.m. Mountain Time on January 16th. 11 a.m. Oof. That's a morning game, Eric. On a network television. Like that station. is that is Ohio State Big Ten SEC slot time that the Mountain West Conference is is joining in. That's big time. That's yeah. huge. San Diego State uh, fell out of the top twenty-five. They started to get back into the discussion. <clears throat> They're in one poll. They're just outside of the other. Uh, Utah State men's basketball is starting to improve. They had a kind of a rough start, but I think they're dialing things in a little bit more. Um, I think they've got a really good series this weekend against Air Force, which we'll hear more about uh, next hour. Craig Smith with some comments that we'll hear from him. And he'll get some comments from him about Sam Merrill too, by the way. Um, But, uh, yeah, this is a Nagy team that's improving, and these are the top teams in the Mountain West right now. Nevada had their time. New Mexico had their time. San Diego State's been pretty consistent. But uh, Utah State, is uh, the last few years, has been challenging for the top of the league. And uh, they're gonna, they're trying to make a run at it again this year. Yeah, uh, it's going to be tough too. Air Force is going to be a good basketball team. I'd like to see a sweep Air Force because New Mexico. You never know. I mean, those the Lobos always play the Aggies tough. The Lobos always give the Aggies fits. So I'd like to see a sweep this uh, this weekend series, and then get ready for New Mexico and hopefully have some momentum going into San Diego State when they come to our house. Yeah. So some additional opportunities to see Utah State basketball on uh, networks and. and- Platforms that should be easier to find than some of these recent ones have been. 
So that's good news. And by the way, uh, Aggie is out for the year. Lee McChesney is uh, done playing for the year. He's he's got an injury, so he. I mean, they still got enough depth that they'll be all right. Right, and he's only played very limited minutes. Yeah. So Absolutely. I mean, it's unfortunate to have anybody having <clears throat> an injury like that, but uh, um, or be out for an extended period of time like that. But right, this is a team with depth and with size. So. Eric, any quick updates we got on Region 11 basketball at all? I know there's a bunch of teams playing today. Uh, or... There are a bunch of teams playing. Um, let's We're kind of Should running out that? of time for this hour, so we'll, we'll kick that into the next hour. Interested to see how these guys do. Tournaments and such, good teams. Green Canyon with a great win last night, by the way. Big win. How about them. that? They were down, what, six and a half or something, turned things around and, and went on a nice little run at the end. That's Came a good win, win over a good basketball team in Idaho. Um, Ridgeline <gasps> held their own against a really good team. Oh, my gosh. Down at the Juan Diego tournament. And, and you said uh, had the lead for a good chunk of the game, but just couldn't hold on. You said Preston lost today, too? Is that what we heard? Yeah, I heard that. Boy, Preston oh, boy, lost. oh, boy. But so uh, coming up next hour, we'll, we'll tell you who's playing where. A lot of teams in action today. Um, a few more non-region games next week, and then they're right into the throws of Region 11 competition. So we'll give you the update on the standings, you know, who's doing what, uh, what's who's playing today, or some are in action right now. Others will be in action a little bit later on this evening. Uh, Skyview's going to be playing. We'll hear that here on The Fan uh, a little bit later on tonight. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll update you on all those teams that are in action, what those scores are, what the standings are. And uh, we'll hear from Craig Smith, what he has to say about seeing Sam Merrill perform in the NBA and some uh, some of his thoughts about the weekend matchup coming up this week with Air Force, and uh, a lot of really big college football bowl games taking place this weekend, uh, and uh, pretty big notable names in action. Some even at today, uh, one game's already been decided. A few more on tap. So I'll update you on all that coming up next hour. Stick around. Too nervous. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. There has to be relief in the NFL offices that we are finally closing in on Week 17 been a long and difficult season but even in non-pandemic years the final regular season games are always a bit dicey a little bit tricky a lot of teams are out of the mix tons of players are injured so what's the nfl do they want to add another regular season game forget player safety i'm concerned about the quality of play look how many backup quarterbacks are already playing do we need another week of that i get it there's so much money to be made. Pro football is the safest bet in television. The owners are not going to turn down that revenue. The question is, when will there be too much of a good thing? 17 games might be fine, but will it be just staying at 17? Will the networks be upset if no one cares about 80% of those final week's games? Nothing's official yet, but it sure seems like the NFL is willing to find out. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. What's up, everybody? Eric Franson, AJ Salveson. Thanks for joining us here on The Fan. 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. Hey. 1069thefan.com and the 106.9 The Fan mobile app. You know, if your day couldn't be any more ruined, I just found out that Dora Explorer is taller than me. What? No, she's the same height as me. Dora the Explorer is listed at 5'2". 
that moldy cheese curd is taller, is the same height as me? Yeah, but you'd be taller than Boots. Isn't that the name of her monkey friend? What? No. No one cares. <laughs> Focus. Uh, <laughs> 8577 text in. Did you see Devin Tompkins is coming back to Utah State? This is great news. Yes, it is. Well, yeah, yes. we did. We hit on that yeah, in the we, first We down. led uh, with that from last hour, but it's a good reset and yeah. a good reminder for those who weren't with us. Um, but uh, Devin Tompkins, the standout speedster from Utah uh, State, uh, said he was going to transfer. He was going to leave. It looked like he was heading to somewhere in Florida. Um, but he is sharing on social media that he's coming back. So here's the question. And we talked a little bit about this in the first hour, Eric. But again, I think the great thing for Devin coming back is with the offense that Coach Anderson wants to run, which is a get-up-and-go Mach 9 offense, it creates a lot of passing opportunities. And Devin Tompkins, as you like to say, kind of takes you know the pressure off the underneath routes, a Randy Moss type of receiver in regards to just run verticals. If you're there, we're throwing deep. Uh, if he can get a quarterback who can get the ball to him in an accurate fashion, on-time fashion, Boy, Devin's going to have a big year ahead of him. This is a good decision by Devin. Yeah, he shared this earlier this afternoon, a little before 1 o'clock. He says, same lifetime but a new life. And this is what he had to say in his post. First and foremost, I want to thank the Most High for blessing me with another year of life. There was a lot going on in my life at the time that caused me to become very overwhelmed with life, and it knocked me out of focus. During this recruitment process, I have learned a lot about myself, and it has helped me truly understand what it is I want out of life. That being said, I have decided that I will be returning to Utah State for my last two years of eligibility. I believe in Coach Blake Anderson's vision for the team, and I believe things are going to get back on track. Thank you for all the endless love and support. May peace be with you all. Grandmaster DT with the crown. It's big. It's really good for the Aggies. They're going to need him. He's got great speed, great athleticism. Uh, I mean, make great adjustments on bath throws. He's going to be very, very big for this Aggie offense. Yeah, it's good to have him back. Uh, he is a uh, a speedster. Um, he's a very talented wide receiver. Yeah, he is. As we've said, he, uh, coaches have uh, praised how he can take the top off a of defense, like they, they like to say. Um, he can get past his defender um, and uh, – Really stretch the field if you've got a quarterback that can get the ball downfield. Sure. So, absolutely. Great news. Yep, absolutely. It's a good win for Blake Anderson in the recruiting front. Um, he's got uh, a quarterback at Arkansas State who's coming in. Don't know where he fits in the pecking order with the other quarterbacks that are here, but uh, he was able to get uh, Devin Tompkins to rethink his previous decision to leave and ultimately come back to Utah State. So that's a big recruiting win for that coaching staff. Mm -hmm. Who have their wide receiver coach produces amazing wide receivers. He has a track record, a proven track record of getting guys to the NFL and getting wide receivers to win offensive players uh, of the, uh, of the year for their conference. So that's, that's saying something. Absolutely. So excited to see that. It's good news. So the uh, eight five seven seven. Thank you for reminding us to reset that. Yeah, that is a big, big story. Definitely worth mentioning and uh, bringing back into the top of. Can't the, wait. The discussion. Can't wait to see what he can do. 
Uh, one of the other things that we talked about last hour, if you missed it. Uh, Sorry, really quickly. Uh, 9310 text, and I don't want to miss him. Oh. Uh, that is awesome news that Tompkins uh, uh, was possibly the best player on offense last year. Uh, I, yeah? Yeah. I would actually say that. Probably. Yeah, I mean, by, by consistency-wise, probably say it was Tompkins. Warren's a close second. And now Warren is headed to Oklahoma State. I don't know why. Uh, but, yeah, I'd say, yeah, I'm with 9310. I'm with that one. Yes. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay. I would agree with that. Um, the other big news, Sam Merrill was part of a record night for the Milwaukee Bucks. He hit the shot that set the new record for three-pointers made in an NBA game with six minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Uh, got the inbounds uh, pass from uh, uh, for the out-of-bounds play down under the opposing basket, brought it up court, and uh, just walked coolly up. like just Transition three. He was about two feet off the line and just popped it. Uh, that guy has not missed a three-point attempt so far. The uh, leading three-point shooter in the NBA is Sam Merrill. I told you. I told everybody not only to get drafted, but he if he got into the right team, right spot, right situation, he'd be great. I don't think any of us thought he'd be like all-star or even a, a starter hey, per se, but I thought hey, he'd be a rotation guy. He'd get minutes. Hold on. Hold on. Does Sam Merrill play in the rookie sophomore All Star game? Probably. Well, it's only four games. A little early to tell, but probably my inclination would probably be probably not. Okay, fine. Be that way. Does he get to participate in the three point contest? Uh, if he's in the a top early, three, but probably not. What? Because they like big names. Okay, to okay, yeah, but in that. he's but not a big known names? person. Yet. Okay, Steph Curry's probably going to be in it. But if he Chris is, Chris Middleton, Chris, I don't think Chris will be in it. Chris is too big for that stuff. Chris ain't going to go do no three. What do you mean he's three. too big for that stuff? He's too big of a name. He he ain't. Gonna Steph go. Curry's not. Steph Curry likes being in that kind of thing. He wants his crown back, man. He was out last year. He wants it back. Okay, so yeah, there's a competitive like, hey, I am the great, I am the greatest NBA three point shooter ever, and he's gonna go back and prove it and go get his crown. Chris Middleton doesn't give a crap. Chris Middleton is too busy riding Giannis's coattails. Okay, <laughs> I don't know. <clears throat> I do. The last so, couple of games, it's more Giannis so riding his if, coattails. Well, so if Sam is in that list of the top five shooters in three point NBA percentage. You don't think that the NBA is going to be like, hey, you want to come play in the three-point contest? You're a rookie. No. Because the All-Star Weekend is about... The it's about what? Popular players and known... That's NBAs. the All-Star game. That's the All-Star game, and that's and that's the All-Star game. Nobody cares about the rookie softs game. We will if Sam's in it. Well, I guess, you know, when I think about it, they've had some... Players participate in the dunk contest that most NBA fans don't know who And they I can are. tell you, nobody gives a crap about the dunk contest anymore. I don't know. Last year's was pretty epic. Uh, they I had was, to keep adding rounds. It was so good. They didn't want it to end. No, they they botched it. Well, there was that. Okay. Dwayne like, Wade botched yeah, it. Yeah, so no. 
I ain't count. We haven't had a great dunk contest since Vince Carter in 1999. Or no, 2000, sorry. What? No. Yeah. Zach, Zach Levine and uh, Gordon had a great battle a few years ago. And then the, the one this last year was... The one, no, this one last year was ruined because of Dwayne Wade and that they were trying to... Well, scoring aside, they were the, rigging the dunks the themselves were, were really fun. Okay, give me one of really the dunks creative. that... Well, give me one of the dunks that you liked. You can't remember. They were good. Okay, you can't remember. <laughs> you can't remember. But I can still remember Vince Carter's dunk from 19 or 2000. And I can still remember Jason Richardson's dunk in 02. Um, I still, I mean, yeah. If they were great dunk contests, you remember the dunks. So last year's must have really sucked. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. Welcome back to Earth. Well, uh, speaking of Sam Merrill, we'll get back to that. Um, Craig Smith uh, had some fun things to say about <clears throat> Sam and his early success in the NBA, coming off the bench um, and playing some quality minutes granted sometimes they're in garbage time but he's been playing some minutes during regular time in competitive games as well it's not just garbage time but here's what uh, Craig Smith had to say about Sam Merrill having some early success in the NBA well it's exciting I was able to see a couple games um you know nothing surprises me with Sam I said that to you guys you know to everybody when he played here um he's going to be successful in everything he does because of who he is what he stands for, his character, his drive, his passion, how he treats people. Um, he understands, he has great self-awareness to who he is and what he is. And he's a heck of a bat. I mean, he's just a very, very talented basketball player. And, you know, you, the one, it was funny, Christmas, was Christmas Day they played. And the guys that were, the guys that were here in town, so, you know, most of our international guys came over to the house for and, and ate like crazy, and we had a lot of fun. And you know, Sean Bearstow and and some other guys are like, "Did you see how Sam played?" And I think he had three rebounds or four rebounds, three assists or four assists, uh, knocked down two threes, and uh, and the guys were excited about it. So uh, Sam's going to be a heck of a professional basketball player. Uh, he's at an organization that really believes in him. They understand who he is and what he is, and they value that. And I think that really matters too. But Sam's going to have a heck of a career, and it's exciting to see the success he's had in a short amount of period of the time. But it's just a start. That is fun. Okay, so I, I'm the one asking that question. And he had a grin on his face at first, and then either A, he realized it was me that was asking the question, he wasn't happy about it, or B, he, he's like, yeah, I really do miss that guy right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's awesome. And, and look, Coach, like you think about him. All right, Tim Durier, um, I love him. I love Coach Durier. Great guy. But I don't think he utilized Sam to his full potential. Then Craig Smith came out and said, look, we are running everything through Sam Merrill. Everything. Even when it's meant to give the ball to Keta in the post, we're still going through Sam Merrill. And that just gave Sam so many opportunities and so many more looks, and and made Sam want to get better at every part of his game, especially on the offensive side. Every pregame, I'd go for shoot-around. I'd watch Sam work on all sorts of different things. I mean, and every night, 
Every pregame shoot-around, it was something different. It'd be getting to the elbow and then pivoting with a turnaround jumper. It'd be getting to the block and working on a post move. It'd be getting onto the wing and then one dribble to the left shoot, one dribble to the right shoot. It'd be being at the top of the key, one pump fake, step to the left shoot, one pump fake, step to the right shoot. It was every single night he was working on something else because that offense was running through him and he wanted to be productive and effective every time he had the ball because he felt like it was on him to score at every chance. And that's what made Sam so doggone good. And that's what makes him so great now. Yeah, if you missed it, this was the play uh, that was oh, from cool. the Milwaukee Bucks broadcast crew, the shot that set the record in the NBA last night. And, of course... It helps. In 30, in 35 attempts in tonight. In 35 attempts in tonight. 27 of 48. All right, Sammy. There I was, it is. I was gonna. I should, I should have. We talked about it. Sam Merrill hits the shot to give the Bucks the all-time NBA record for three in 35 attempts. Keeps repeating. Uh, so that was the Milwaukee Bucks broadcast, and how they called it. Um, but then it was a it was a national broadcast last night, and uh, well, it was until he started flipping off to go to the other games. Oh <laughs> well, yeah, because it was a blowout. But uh, this was the call on national TV of uh, what Sam was able to do uh, in their. Uh, it was a blowout game. the The Miami Heat didn't show up. They didn't play defense. It was not pretty. And the Milwaukee Bucks took advantage of it, but uh, you know Sam Merrill was part of it, and uh, he helped helped to uh, set records, history. It'll always go to go until the next team breaks it. I mean, it may be broken later on this year, but insane what they were able to do. And so here's the I national broadcast. Bucks. While you were away, Sam Merrill, the rookie out of Utah State, knocks down the 28 three pointer of the game. Chris Weber, the Bucks have an NBA record for most threes in a game as they pass the Houston Rockets from two seasons ago. Merrill knew that he was going to break that record. That's why he came in with that fresh cut by the Milwaukee. <laughs> what the it, fetch, Chris? <laughs> I thought it was haircut. Drugs, man. Uh, not only was it an NBA record for threes made, also an NBA record with the number of players with a three-point shot made on one team. Twelve? Twelve. Giannis Antetokounmpo was the only player on the Milwaukee Bucks team who saw action who did not make a three-point shot. That's hey, just insane. Does this still give you chills when you hear Sam Merrill from Utah State on a national broadcast? That is cool. That's just nuts. It's like Bobby Wagner. Okay, yeah, they don't talk about Bobby that much, so no. Pro Bowl linebacker, yeah, they still talk about Bobby Wagner. Uh, He's the best linebacker in the NFL. Oh, God. Here we go again. Here we go again. Here we go. I did, didn't see Kyle Vannoy on this year's list. Oh, God. Give. I did see uh, Bobby oh, Wagner heck. as a starter. Uh, 9310. Could Dora the Explorer dunk over AJ? No. Hey, you calm down, 9310. Dora would not score a bucket on me. I would lock that girl down. And then I'd take her backpack. 
I just want to know, would trampolines need to be involved? Don't you? You know, Eric, it's crap like this. Or what? You know, taking cheap shots, all right, kicking them while they're down. I end up finding out via Twitter, all right, I'm like a player who just found out their coach is leaving on Twitter. I just found out because of Twitter that Dora the Explorer is the same freaking size as me. Well, who declared that that's what her her size is, what her height is? Oh, I'm pretty sure Disney released her measurements and heights. And her uh, her weight and uh, and all her uh, you know combine results. <laughs> Here's the problem. Her hand it's, width, Okay, no, I would leap. lock down Dora. Okay, she's a right hander, so I'd force her to go left. She doesn't have a jump shot, and she sure as heck probably can't shoot a clean basketball. So I would. She has a magic map. I would swat her stuff, and then I'd take her backpack and I'd run away with it, laughing. Okay. We're playing for we're playing for some bragging rights and for a backpack or secret bag of full of whatever's in there in her magic map, whatever that is. Which would you make that part of your snitch costume <laughs> when you're yeah. out there playing the? Uh, is that when I have the sack? <laughs> no, paint it gold. Don't don't. Okay. By the way, have you seen one of those in the costume? It's kind of crazy. Dora the Explorer has nothing on me. She might be 5'2", but her measurements and her and her combine results are very, very porous. She's in deep doo-doo if she plays me. So, no. You no, make me no sick. No love for Dora. You all make me sick. It's <laughs> uh, good stuff. Hey, let me ask you, um, Sam Rose, uh, he hasn't played double-digit minutes in the game yet, right? Correct. You think that uh, changes, nine, I think, is his high. Do you think that changes by the end of the season, or do you think he stays in that five to nine range? I feel um, like he's getting I, I better, think, man. I, I think you know, he keeps shooting like that. They may say, look, we got to give this guy a little more time on the floor because he's also a distributor and, and goes after rebounds. He's not just a sit out and lurk around the three-point line. He's he's making things happen for his team. Yeah, I, and, he, and he's just so smart with the basketball. Really, really smart with the basketball. So, yeah, it's cool to see. Um, I'm happy for Sam. I'm, I, I'm a diehard Sam Merrill fan, so I'd love to see him continue to have success. Hopefully he'll stay, uh, hopefully he'll stay healthy. 2417, that's called bullying. I would take her backpack. <laughs> hey, hey, you know what? She wants to challenge me. She wants to announce her size on on uh, on Google and Twitter. She's going to get it, okay? She's going to get it. She wants to challenge me in a one-on-one game openly. That's, you know what? Fine. I'm on. Let's let's do it. Throw down the gauntlet. Oh, man. You see the uh, Qualcomm Stadium slash Jack Murphy Stadium is being... Uh, being destroyed. Oh, they finally started bringing it down? Yeah. Yeah. Holy smokes. I'm so About glad time. I got to go to that stadium once before they did it, though. That was, I mean, look, the press box was crummy. It was small. It was old. Um, that stadium was in horrible shape. But that was really cool to go see a game there. I'm, I'm glad I was able to go to San Diego last year and, and see a game there and, and be just walk on the field. And, of course, there's a lot of history in that stadium. So that, that was cool. I've never been to Qualcomm. I've been near it. Uh, I have gone to Viejas Arena there at San Diego. I've never been to that one. Is it pretty cool? That I heard is it's cool. big. Because it's, it's built massive. on the old football stadium. So they built a basketball arena 
inside the old football um, stadium. Because when you're outside, you can kind of see like these stone bleachers, and that kind of goes into part of the structure. And then everything is like concessions and bathrooms are all outside on a concourse. It's really cool. Um, so it's the second uh, uh, arena in the Mountain West that's going down. Uh, not only is uh, is San Diego State working on a new facility, and they've got a new arrangement. They've been working on this for some time, but um, Hawaii is also making some changes. They uh, they announced just a few weeks ago that look, we got to stop all activities here. We have to condone this this uh, oh yeah. this arena. There were going to be like some high school all star games and a Polynesian Bowl. And is that where they used to play the Pro Bowl at? Yeah. And then the Pro Bowl people are like, look, this facility is just too bad. We're going somewhere else. Wow. So it's been in disrepair for a long time. They've had plans. They were moving forward and developing a new arena and a big outdoor entertainment area. It was going to be a big kind of district that they were going to be putting together. What happened? But um, they were hoping to still to build that while the other uh, arena was still in use. But officials said no we just it's it's in too much disrepair we're shutting it down no really? one can come in here and use this place anymore so where would the pro bowl be at well it hasn't been there in a couple of years oh it hasn't no. where do they play it now uh they've played it in tampa i think they've moved it around a little okay. bit haven't they dude that yeah that used to be kind of a big deal for players to be able to go to the pro bowl in hawaii and hang out in the sun and Right, because it's a unique that destination. Game. Yeah, that used to be pretty. And it was Isn't wasn't that like just a regular. Wasn't it like astroturf back in the day too? Uh, if I remember yeah. right, isn't it still? Oh, is it still? I don't know. I don't know. Or is it grass? Or is it like the artificial grass? I think it's artificial. Yeah, because it rains so much. Yeah, that used to be. I remember um, someone telling me when they went and called a game there. They said, "Look, Hawaii's beautiful, but it's not worth calling a game there. The stadium is in such bad shape." <laughs> when that announcement was made, it was kind of funny to watch uh, all the the uh, radio and TV play-by-play people that I follow, all of them saying, aloha, goodbye. I will not miss not having to really? call another game there. Really? Uh, multiple people. Multiple. Wow. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Aloha so Hawaii's got to find somewhere else to play then, huh? Yeah, they do. And it's going to be a couple of years before this new facility is built. Oh, shoot. So there is... Nothing on that island that seats, that seats more than like five thousand people. Now there is a stadium on another island, I think it's Maui, that uh, seats fifteen thousand. So I mean, do they get on a plane and go to another island for all <sighs> yeah, their games? Yeah, do you? Because you have to have a certain requirement for NCAA uh, attendance to still be considered a uh, you know a classified Division One FBS team. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, that's that's a tough that's a tough situation. Is Utah are they scheduled to go to Hawaii next year for conference ball football? I kind of have to look. I don't know what their conference schedule would have been like next well, year. They didn't they didn't play him this year. They didn't play him last year. So yeah. So they would be back on the schedule. But I think they come here this time because I think we were there last time. Yeah, we were there two years ago. Three years ago, sorry. 18. Yeah, not last year. It would have been the year before. It was the year before. Because uh, 
who's the back? Thompson had that big night. He had that big run where he like ran over three different guys for a touchdown. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, right. Aggies were they went to Hawaii in 18, 2018. Yeah, and they won fifty six to seventeen. So Hawaii comes here. Okay, Tom. Yeah. Tompkins had a night that night. He Thompson, and that was a showcase night for him. Thompson had one hundred and forty one yards rushing. Dude, day. he was a beast, and he ran over people mm. a lot that night. Good game for Darwin. No one tackled him. So you're right. So for twenty one, Hawaii would be in Logan. And then Utah State would go to Hawaii, theoretically speaking, in 22. Um, I don't know if their stadium's going to be done by then. I thought I saw something about 23, early 23. I could be wrong. Anyway, be some different uh, different venues in the Mountain West. Yeah. Is that the, so in UNLV, have they had their new stadium? Or are they still working on it? Because I know they're playing inside of Las Vegas Raiders' place, Allegiant Stadium. Yeah. Is that where their home games are going to yep, be? At that's then? where they were. They started this year. Okay. So UNLV's got their place. New Mexico is still inside of Dreamstyle Stadium, right? They're not making any movements, I don't think. Nope. Um, Hawaii. Yeah, I think that's it. Nevada needs to get a new press box, by the way. That one's horrid. That one. That one is just old and, yeah. They need to get a new one. Colorado State is beautiful. Um, Utah State is great. So yeah, I think that's it. I'm trying to. San Jose State. I've never been to theirs, but I heard theirs is pretty bad. But they, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The uh, on December seventeenth, it was announced the Aloha Stadium Authority that it uh, the uh, it will be condemned, unsafe to hold any crowds at all. Wow. By the way, it was 2003. It was changed from AstroTurf to Field Turf, and in 2011, oh, Field was replaced with uh, another synthetic turf system. So, so it has okay. So it changed so, a couple of times. So in 03 is when they took out the AstroTurf. Yes, it took them that long. Oh my heck! Wow. Yeah, their field, their field's beautiful. I mean, even with the AstroTurf, like the like the the stadium, like the field and such is, is beautiful. The surroundings awesome, but the press box seats and all that was just in. I've been told it was in bad shape. I was never in it in Hawaii. It was in horrible shape. All right, we're gonna call a timeout here in the full court press. When we come back, we'll update you on high school basketball, region eleven teams. Ooh, a yeah. lot of them in action tonight. Hey, what went wrong Wednesday, man? Yeah, we'll do our what went wrong Wednesday as well. There's a lot of things that went wrong. And uh, college football bowl games, some interesting ones, some juicy matchups on the docket over the next couple of days. We'll tell you uh, what's going on. Game already in the books. We're coming up more on the Full Court Press. The Aggies are number one here. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. center Cormick Sampson he'll take hands off the burger off the left side lunging to the goal line and is he in no signal there it is touchdown Wisconsin Jalen Berger crashing off the right side as the Badgers now lead 41 to 21 
Uh, welcome back to the Full Court Press. Yes, we've already had some college football in action today, and uh, Wake Forest had an early lead over Wisconsin, 14 to nothing. And then the Badgers proceed to uh, outscore them like 28 to 7 during a certain stretch. Uh, it was a pretty big comeback for Wisconsin. They end up winning 42 to 28. Um, that game was uh, the uh, Dukes Mayo Bowl earlier today. A game will be starting a little bit later on tonight, which should be a pretty interesting one, I think. At 6 o'clock on ESPN, it's the, the Cotton Bowl. Number 7, Florida. Number 6, Oklahoma. Um, and uh, you know, you've got uh, you know, great uh, uh, quarterbacks on either side going at each other. Oklahoma is favored in this one by 8.5, but predicting a lot of points scored between these two teams. And boy, I uh, 64 and a half is a is a combined over under. I'm probably inclined to take the over, with the way these two teams play. Um, but there is some news that uh, you know, different players who may be available or not, uh, based on uh, COVID protocols, uh, certain coaches who may or may not be available. Um, so there's uh, we get into this time of year, and you never know. Now, uh, what's going on with who's available and who's not? It seems to be changing every day. But um, there is some news that um, uh, the offensive coordinator for uh, uh, for Clemson will not be available. And that's uh, considered a pretty big story since uh, he's widely considered one of the top uh, coordinators um, in, the, in the country. And uh, he will not be available. Tony Elliott, he will not be available. For the Sugar Bowl, and uh, one of the best play callers in college football. So, how does the team adjust? At least you know, maybe a few days' notice uh, to prepare and make the adjustments on who's going to be doing things differently and uh, make some contact remotely. But still, uh, it, there's it's a weird year with what's going on and who's available and who isn't. Players opting out. It was a weird case. Um, with Oklahoma State uh, and their bowl game. And uh, let me pull that one up. But they had a wide receiver who wasn't going to play, and then he decided he was going to play. And then he's like, well, after the first half, actually, I'm going to set out the rest of the game now and uh, not participate. Really Like, how does that that happen, man? How does that go from, yeah, hey, I'm going to play, and then like halfway through, you're like, you know what? This is a waste of my time. I don't want to be here anymore. I'm done. Well, it, apparently, it was later figured out that uh, Coach Gundy and this this wide receiver, now his name's skipping my mind, but uh, they had talked about it. Like He was thinking of not participating. Then they convinced him to play, but only play a half because so we can get the younger guys' opportunities in the second half. It's like, what? Yeah, dude. Well, either you're in or you're not in. Yeah, like that doesn't. I, I can't so declare bad. at halftime. That's I'm so bad. I'm declaring myself. Well, out. And, the, and the fact that the coach was like, you know what? Let's just have you play for a half and we'll call it good. We'll be done. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Weird. Uh, yeah. That was quite a doozy, though, Oklahoma State and Miami. Yeah, 37-34. I mean, Oklahoma State was cruising, dude. They were up 21 nothing. At half, 21 or 21 10 21 at half. 10 at half. 21 nothing in the first quarter. Miami yeah. started to make some, some adjustments defensively, got themselves back into it offensively, 
Uh, then that was the fourth quarter. It was kind of back and forth. Yeah, good game. But OK um, State gets the win. You know, Miami just hasn't been the same Miami team for how many? I know it's obvious, but I still kind of wonder what's going on with those guys. Just hasn't been the same team for so many years. They, I mean, they used to be playing for an opera like in the ACC championship, playing for an opportunity to play in the the Orange Bowl, the Sugar Bowl. When they were in the national discussion for oh, for years, many years. Yeah, ever since like oh two, oh three, oh four, they just, I mean, they they fell off. They're <laughs> trying to be a little better. I mean, they're they they flirt with the top twenty five regularly or in the top twenty five. Yeah. Hey, how about Texas whipping up on Colorado 55-33? Uh, neither of us saw that coming. Yeah, and Herman. Both of us thought Colorado would put up more. Me too. Fight. Well, and then and, and, and Herman's undefeated in bowl games. He hasn't lost a bowl game in four years. Does that take some of the pressure off of him? Yeah, oh, was, absolutely. The heat was dialing up on oh, him. Oh, yeah. Look, as long as you're winning the final game of the year, then you're in good shape. I mean, they're 7-3 and three on the year. That's not horrible. All right, they're going to go up in the final rankings yeah. when the year is said and done. Wisconsin won the uh, Duke Mayo Bowl. They held on to the ball, but they couldn't hold on to the trophy. <laughs> I heard about that. Oh, a celebration man. in the locker room. That and was bad. They break the trophy. They break the trophy. That's bad. Could you imagine? And like the coach just walks in, and everyone's silent. All right, guys, way to go! Let's, hey, someone give me the trophy. Let's let's do a photo, uh, coach. Why Come is everybody on, so quiet in here? We just won. <laughs> I know. Why? Everybody, it's like when you go into the living room and your kids are like, "Hi, dad." <laughs> what 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 happened <laughs> who did wrong hey uh cotton bowl tonight oklahoma and florida uh i'm looking forward to this one in a lot of ways lincoln riley's been great in bowl games uh but florida's got some serious talent on that squad i think florida is, wins this one in a runaway okay oklahoma favored by eight and a half what over under is 64 and a half what are you taking um i'll take the over okay and I'm inclined to take, go with Florida. There you go. I'm taking Florida covering. I just think they've played a tougher, not only covering but winning season. And I mean, what they were able to do against Alabama, no one's been able to do that oh, no. against Alabama. No. Yeah, I think Florida's a much better team than what that line's given them. That's crazy. And I don't think they have any guys opted out. I think everyone's playing tonight. Busy day tomorrow. Starts at 10 a.m. on ESPN on Christmas or Christmas Eve, New Year's Eve. Number 24, Tulsa, Mississippi State in the Armed Forces Bowl. At noon on CBS, Ball State versus Mountain West San Conference Jose champion. State. Number 22, San Jose State in the Arizona Bowl. Man, that's like a home game for San Jose State, huh? Playing in Arizona, not too far away. Uh, the Spartans are favored by 9.5. Wow. I'll take them and the points. 64 is the over-under. Uh, man, that's a little I'm high take for me. The under, on yeah, that. that's a little high for me. That's San Jose State defense. Yeah. Um, then at two, it's West Virginia and Army on ESPN. That's and a tricky game. Like that'll you do because the other bowl games that day got canceled. Spread offense versus Army's just pound it down your throat and enjoy it. Very contrasting. Oh my styles. gosh! If you're West Virginia, you got scoring every possession because you may only get. Three, a half. You may only get three, a half. Uh, so, yeah, it's a, it's going to be a busy day tomorrow. College football. I'm and excited. 
Army, the Army West Virginia one really interests me. I think San Jose State runs away against Ball State. I don't think that game is going to be that close. Uh, then on New Year's Day, starts at 10 a.m., Georgia, number nine, Georgia, number eight, Cincinnati, the Peach Bowl. Group of five fans everywhere cheering for the Bearcats on ESPN. Georgia is favored by a touchdown. You know what? I don't think Georgia's that good, and I think Cincinnati's going to like expose them. I sure hope they do. I re- I don't think Georgia's that good of a football team. I think they're overrated, and I think Cincinnati exposes the crap out of them, especially their defense. Uh, Auburn against number 14 Northwestern in the Citrus Bowl on ABC at 11 o'clock. Northwestern is favored by three and a half. And it's that t- blows it's, my mind. There's a coaching really? change there. Uh, Auburn literally wasn't that great. <laughs> I'd take Northwestern to cover. By a lot, yeah. And this is such a slap in the face for Northwestern, the Citrus Bowl. Yes. They belong in something better than that, and I think they're going to go out and prove that. on, on And on ABC, on national television, I, I think it's their day. And then later in the afternoon, you get into the college football playoff semifinals. You got number four Notre Dame, number one Alabama, two o'clock on ESPN in the Rose Bowl. Which okay, is being played at AT and T Stadium. Let me ask you: I'm going to set the line at twenty-one and a half for Alabama. Over under their margin of victory. Yeah. Uh, it's currently set at 19 and a half. Oh, is it really? Yes. Oh, man. I thought I was like shooting for the stars. <laughs> you were, thought you were being super aggressive. You're not that far off. Hey, 5338 says, by the way, the line on tonight's game opened at floor to two and a half. Oh, my goodness. It flipped that much? I'm taking Florida. I mean, I, I'm taking Florida the whole entire way. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah, I okay, so 19 and a half, I'm taking Bama to cover. <sighs> Notre Dame's a good team. So is Bama. They beat Clemson. Without Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. And we saw what happens when Trevor Lawrence plays. True. Alabama defense didn't look that great against Florida. But we saw what Florida can do. Yes. I'm going to take Notre Dame. Oh, wow. To cover. But just to cover, right? Yes, just to cover. Alabama wins. It just That's a big margin in a college football playoff. Remember the last time they played against each other? <laughs> it, it covered. Yes. More than they thought it would. Uh, and then at 6 o'clock, Ohio State and Clemson on ESPN. Now that one's tough. That one's tough. Clemson currently favored by seven and a half. Their offensive coordinator will not be there. I don't think it's going to matter. I mean, it's Trevor Lawrence. As long as he's playing, you you have a shot. Um, what's the line? Seven and a half. Yep. Are you serious? Over Ohio State. Seven and a half for Clemson. It's not a lot of respect towards the Buckeyes. Okay, I'll take it. I got Clemson covering. I've got Clemson winning, but I think Ohio State keeps it. Close within a touchdown. Fair enough. I I don't know, man. Trevor Lawrence on that like when he plays, that offense looks totally different. <laughs> They're so good. They're so good, and that defense really can lock down really well. Yeah, I'll take I'll, I'll take Clemson. Uh, there's other games on Saturdays too uh, as well, but we'll save those for another day. But um, 
Ajay, what went wrong Wednesday? So what went wrong Wednesday? What went yeah, wrong this past week? The, man. The fact that uh, <clears throat> the 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 height of Dora the Explorer gets to okay. released on social that, media. No, that really does that really does trap me a little bit. Like you want to come out and bring out that crap that Dora the Explorer is five two. Like that hurts a lot of people's feelings. There is a lot of people who are sensitive to that stuff, and they find out that a cartoon character of Dora the Explorer, who's in kindergarten, is bigger than you. That 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 ticks you off a little bit. That upsets me. And I'd still beat her in a basketball game. I'd shut her out. She wouldn't have a shot. She wouldn't get a shot off. I can tell you that. What went wrong? Um, Patriots. I mean, no Julian Edelman. Cam Newton's overrated. Um, but I didn't see us getting beat that soundly by Buffalo. So maybe that. Uh, let's see. What else? What, I mean, what else went wrong? You know, some of these bowl games haven't been as good as I thought they would be. A couple of them have, but a lot of them haven't been as thrilling as I was hoping. Maybe maybe a little bit of that. Yeah. What about you? What went wrong? Uh, what went wrong with the Jazz defense? Um, just unable to, to uh, as um, David Locke liked to say during his broadcast, you have to guard your yard. Uh, you have to be able to defend one-on-one. Uh, in, in two games, they really struggled defensively. I mean, they were able to, uh, to do enough defensively and enough offensively to get past Oklahoma City. But defensively, this Jazz team... Hasn't looked great in the in two games, so uh, they have to get it turned around quickly because Phoenix is an up and coming team. Clippers, very good team, that's next on the schedule in a back to back in Salt Lake City. Yeah, um, that, no, that's a good one. Um, I think they're going to be fine too. By the way, I think they'll be all right. Uh, what went wrong? Um, how about the the Clippers? Getting manhandled by 50 by the Mavericks. Um, and and str- you want to talk about teams struggling defensively? The Clippers are struggling defensively. Now, they are 3-1 and one on the season. But their defense hasn't been good as you know everybody thought they would be. So, yeah. What went wrong? The uh, LA Clippers-Mavericks uh, game. Yeah, I'm going to go back to the NBA as well. Uh, what's with all the blowouts? Oh, good one. I mean, there are... Good one. It's at an historic clip right now. Hmm. Almost every game is a blowout. Uh, the average margin of victory right now is almost 13 points in the NBA. This is according to ESPN Stats and Info. Uh, teams are winning by an average of 12.98 points per game. It's the third largest average margin of victory through 54 league games played in NBA history and largest since 1971-72. Wow. Hey, what went wrong? John Calipari, Kentucky Wildcats at one and six for the first time since was it sixty five? I think. Ah, uh, yeah, shocker. Um, just I mean, that's what happens when you build a team full of one and duns. When you say, "Hey, look, we don't care about national championships; we care about getting it to the NBA." And then you got kids playing for themselves instead of playing for each other. Uh, the other thing for me, what what what's going wrong with the Chicago Cubs? Is it bad though, Eric? I mean, you are in a rebuilding mode, aren't you? I know we talked a little bit about it yesterday, and you guys have faith 
right? That, you know, I mean, you go there to compete. I mean, you play to win the game. But, I mean, yeah, you Darvish is gone. Maybe it's time for a rebuild. There's nothing wrong with that. You got your World Series title in 15. It's okay. So I was reading some things on that, and you know what? They're, um, um, Jed Hoyer, the Cubs president, was talking about how this, they're, they're trying to avoid what happened to you know, the, the Tigers and oh, the Giants. Yeah. And like, yep. They had their moments, and they were competitive, and then they had to like strip it down yeah. and start from scratch. And they've been at the bottom for a while as they try to rebuild. So they're trying to make some moves so they don't have to go so far down to come back up. But it's it's largely financial driven. But they've got some really key guys that are coming at the end of their their terms on their contracts, and that a lot of fans love. Are you are you willing so, as a fan to say uh, goodbye to Chris Bryant? I I hate to say it, but it depends. Like. Mm. What do they get in return? Mm. What's his value, huh? Yeah. Uh, what went wrong for me going to the NFL? The Atlanta Falcons. Finding so many different ways to lose. It's really getting to be a joke. Like, Dan Quinn should not have a job after the season is over. Because the ways, the, the, the incredibly horrible situational football they've played throughout the entire 16 weeks, it's just mind-boggling to me. So what went wrong is... the is is the Atlanta Falcons, and also I'm going to throw in there the Dallas Cowboys. The <laughs> NFC East is a joke. <laughs> the whole NFC it, East. It, it frustrates me to no end. All right, we're going to take another time out here in the Full Court Press. When we come back, an update on what's going on with Region 11 basketball, who's playing where, how you can follow along. A lot of teams in action today. We'll update you on the current standings as well. It's coming up on the Full Court Press. Stick around. It's the Full Court Press. Weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. In overtime. Oh, I got the take a little look at this. In overtime, it was Bear River beating Summit Academy 52-49 to huh. this afternoon. All right. And the tournament taking place down in Juan Diego. Ridgeline is also down there. They play a little bit later on this evening. Uh, Ridgeline last night played uh, real tough. Who do they play? Oh, like Mountain, Mountain no, View. Mountain View? They were up on Mountain View, weren't they? For a good chunk of the game. Mountain View has some players from out of state who their states are not playing basketball. So they moved to Utah. And they're playing there. Uh, other games that are going to be in action today. Skyview's playing this evening. They're hosting Weber. Um, Green Canyon there up at Idaho Falls tournament. They had a great uh, come-from-behind win. Yeah. One by one point last night. Over a good Idaho team. Yes. So they're in action for another one. Um, Logan is at Ben Loman tonight. Um, let's see. And uh, Mountain Crest was supposed to have a game against Hunter, but that game got canceled. Wish you would have told somebody. I hope you feel bad about that. <laughs> I do feel bad. <laughs> he was so excited, too. <laughs> He's excited every time he comes in. Um, and the fact that I had to take the brunt of it from somebody else. 
So so far, uh, Logan is five and one. Skyview's five and one. Bear River, I think this now moves them to six and three. Green Canyon five and four. Ridgeline is three and five, and Mountain Crest is one and five. Yeah, they lost to Ben Loman too. They need to get off to. I mean, they've got some tough games coming up. Grace, uh, Preston's going to be really good. They they lost to the number one team in Idaho, actually Middleton. Um, Middleton's a really good basketball team. And Middleton just beat Preston today. That's what I just said. Oh, I thought you were talking about Mountain Crest. No, sorry. Preston lost to the number one team in Idaho. Yes. Top ranked Middleton. Um, but that's who Mountain Crest got to face next week. And I think they got Grace as well. And so a couple tough games coming up before they get ready for region play. Yeah, Matt, well, Mountain Crest has Grace on January 5th. And then, yeah, Preston on January 12th. Sorry, I thought you said that Mountain Crest had Middleton on their schedule. Never listen. It's really you good. wonder why. Sorry, Dora. Do you remember? Confused there. <laughs> Shut up. Oh, you know, I should. I know what I'm going to add into that montage. I got to find it though. You're gonna, you're gonna love it. Uh, last call, by the way. Uh, if you want to weigh in on the top stories of the oh, last, oh yeah, we need more. Last year, come on. We'd love to get your feedback. If there was a sports story that really stood out to you, you don't have to do a full top ten. If you just want to f- throw a few ideas at us, we'd love to include them. Uh, and get your feedback, 435-339-0321, or message us directly through the 106.9 The Fan mobile app. And let us know what you thought were some of the top sports stories of the past year. Yeah. There were some good ones. We, we want them all, and we're going to There were some that there. weren't very good, but yeah. they were still big stories. Yep, want them all. Want them all. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Appreciate all the feedback. Skyview Basketball coming up later tonight. Good night.